Welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast. Welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast. This week we've got Warrington Ryan's Warrington Town Chat. We've got Josh Full Kit Rudge on the sh- for the interview. We've also got the Warrington Saturday, Sunday, and Vets leagues. Plus, me, Ash, and PJ all went to the big semi final between Greenalls and Eagle. This is the Warrington Football Podcast. Welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast. It's me, Jacko. I'm joined this week by Rick Ward. How are you, Rick? I'm good, mate. How are you? Plodding on, mate. Plodding on. I'm, I'm feeling quite smug because I managed to stay dry on uh, on Saturday. PJ? I'm very well. I'm a bit sore. Yeah, you, you made your comeback today from the world of football, so we'll, uh, yeah. we'll talk about that because you did play against our guest. I did play against our guest today. So, yeah, good to, good to hear. We're looking forward to hearing about that. Ash Platt, how are you, Ash? Yeah, doing well, mate. Thanks. Have you got over the loss of the beer yet? Uh, kind of, yeah. Because it pretty pretty cheap beer at Eagle, so it was uh, you know I didn't mind so much that I spilt some. We'll come on to the game in a bit in a minute, um, and we're also joined by Tim Tate. How are you, Tim? Awesome, mate. Had a good day again, so you know tell you all about it in a bit. Yeah, another another good start for the vets. Um, we're going to start this week talking about the Cheshire League semi-final between Eagle and Greenalls. Myself. PJ and Ash were all there. Uh, PJ, how did you think the game went? Um, I think it went, well, the scoreline says it all, when it was nil-nil after 90 minutes. Um, but I, I think there wasn't many two clear-cut chances. I think you'll both agree. I think Eagle had a lot of the ball um, throughout the game, but just in the final third, they seemed to not have the killer touch like the um, number 11 had a chance in the first 10 minutes and put it over the bar from about six yards out. And then after that, it was just half chances, I think. Um, and then the best chance of the game went to Greenalls uh, and it was a good save by, by uh, Eagles keeper. Yeah, it was It was a weird game on it, Ash, because it was obviously very tight, very physical. Um but he, I, I thought Eagle were the better side, but Greenhouse had the better chances. Was that, is that how you read it? Yeah, I thought the same, yeah. Um, did look like Eagle were much better on the ball um, and you know, looked like they, they should be the closest team to scoring. But as soon as you got in the final third, um, it just didn't seem to happen for them. You know, whether it was uh, you know, nerves because of the occasion, just unlucky, or maybe just that to say, you know, Greenhouse knew what they were coming up against in a uh, you know team on a good run of form in Eagle and just knew that uh, they had to be solid at the back and just uh, play for the counter. Um, I think uh, Greenhouse did did uh, play the counter pretty well. Got caught offside a few times from the liner and the Greenhouse guys next to us disagreed with every single offside, which was pretty pretty funny. To be fair, the liner was a... He did, did uh, play it up pretty well. He was getting a bit of banter back to him, so... It's good, uh, you know, he's 
played it well, but uh, yeah, I agree with PJ. The best chance was with Greenalls. Uh, they had a couple, really. Because uh, he hit the bar for free kick in the second half as well, which uh, was a good free kick. And um, I think it was you, Jack, who said, you know, he's going to have a shot here. But yeah, I think maybe nil-nil is probably the right score. A classic, but typical local rivalry game, I thought. Pretty entertaining to uh, to see him go back and forth like that as well. Well, Chris, yeah. you you brought it up while we stood there. It was a similar game to the game at the start of the, start of the season, which we were at as well. Which I think was spot on. I think that was the, it was the same sort of game scenario. Yeah, so we, we spoke to Pedro before the game, and Pedro was was really confident. Wasn't he? he was he sort of knew what the game plan was. He knew they had a good chance of winning the game, and his his game plan looked like it worked perfectly. Um, Danny Nixon will be disappointed with some of the refereeing decisions. Um, obviously, there was the the tackle in the first half, which. When the whole crowd go off, you know, after a after a bad challenge, you sometimes lucky to stay on the pitch. Yeah, I thought it was a red, um, and I think I think the lad I think the the lad did as well because he, he seemed to run off quite quick. But I think the number nine, the number nine got hold of him. Well, it wasn't a lot. Well, say handbags, but nothing really happened. It was more just grab and then people just pushing each other away, which you should don't mind. I thought the ref was a bit inconsistent, which I don't mind if it if the ref calls that blows up for everything or blows up for nothing, as long as it's like the whole game he does that. I thought that um, at times he was giving away soft soft fouls, which were probably not even anything more than a uh, decent challenge, and he be given just soft fouls. Yeah, when Ben took down the. Um, the eagle winger on in inside the box. It looked it looked towards like it was a definite penalty, but I think that's you know when it came to the big challenges where there was you know potential yellows, reds, penalties, that sort of thing. I think the the ref bottled it, but he was giving away soft fouls all over the pitch. So I, I was a bit uh, I was a bit uh, disappointed with the inconsistency there, but you know it is what it is. Particularly when it's a local game, you you don't want to be the referee who gives away a penalty in the ninth minute, do you? No, I think I think if that happened in the first minute, it would have been a penalty. I think there's uh, no doubt about it. Well, Greenalls went to penalties. Um, Captain Hughes stood up and slotted it home for the winner. Um, Eagles penalties though, the two that they missed were were awful. One went must have been ten yards over the bar, um, and the other one was saved by Toby. He was a good good young goalkeeper, but. That's where Eagle will be disappointed. Eagle will feel like it's a massive missed opportunity, especially with the losing semi-final last week against Bresnik as well. Um, a bit disappointing for those guys. Um, the final, they don't know who they're playing yet. It's uh, the second semi-final being played next week. But it's on the 6th of April at Trafford FC. So that's the Thursday of good before Good Friday. So that would be a, a great day for for Greenalls. And again, it's the it's a chance for them to rebuild the club. Um, they've had a tough couple of years and they are in a relegation battle so still, but if they can get a bit of silverware, it'll be overall be a good season, I think. I know I know we had a our group chat yesterday and we were going about player of the match. Did we actually decide on who we were who we were going to give it to? I thought number eleven from Eagle played pretty well. There was a there was a few candidates on there. There was Adam Coleman played well for Eagle. Um Burgess, I thought, played well. Uh, yeah. former former Greenhorns lad playing for uh, Eagle. I was going to say I had a I, I had a thought about it yesterday. 
I know we take a, I know I take the mick out of him a lot, but Clark he played quite well. He covered yeah, well, a lot. He, he did. He was, you know, he's 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 a lad we know really well. Obviously played with him. He's a good player. Um, yeah, he's yeah, he's getting he's, he's all getting a bit older now, so he's not as quick as he used to be. Hence why he got booked in the first half because he got done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Other than that, he he's, he's played he played really well. But I think the experience lads for Greenhouse as a whole. Him and Yozza both had an absolute really good game. Um, Faz also played really well. So yeah. it, was, it was, you know, I'd say Eagle, Eagle missed Lewis McCavitt. He, he's their engine yeah, midfield. 100%. And they really missed his, his legs. Um, I think one person who we, we have mentioned a few times uh, so far who played well, and, uh, you know, we've not even mentioned so far in potentially man of the match, was uh, Toby in goal. He didn't yeah, have a lot to do, though, did he? I don't think he had many saves to make. No, yeah. he, he didn't have a great deal, no. But uh, when the you know, all the efforts that he had on target were, you know, within like twelve yards, and um, you know they're, they're still going to be saved at the end of the day. And yeah, I think one of them was straight at him, but uh, the others still twelve yards out. He had to uh, do something to uh, to keep him out the back of the net. See, I always think I'm part of the goalkeepers union, as is Rick, as is you. You know, I think. Even even I can't give Toby anywhere near man of the match for that one. As much as I always say the goalkeeper is man of the match. Um, but yeah, great result for Greenalls and we wish them all the best in the final. Um, we'll just talk, touch about the other Cheshire League games um, that, that have been played. Um, Dayton, they're now, again, they're in a bit of a similar boat to Greenalls. They've got to start picking up wins soon. And they got beat 3-0 by Wally Bridge yesterday. Um, and Dayton's problem this season is scoring goals. They've only scored 18 goals all season. Um, it's just not enough, you know. If you play 21 games and it's got 18 goals, stick in the Cheshire League, you're asking for trouble. If you're asking for teams to sort of keep a clean sheet every week, and you can't guarantee it at this level, um, so it's a bit daft. Um, next week, Greenalls face Altrincham and Dayton travel to Edgerton. Um, and then there's also the 25th of, of March, a huge game between Dayton and Eagle, I mean, Dayton and Eagle, Dayton and Greenalls, which really one of them have to win that. Um, just to give, to give you each any any have any chance of survival. If it's a draw, you could see that both teams are going to go into the relegation zone. Into League Two, there was only one game in League Two uh, for Warrington sides. Uh, Lynn Rovers won, St Michael's four. Um, player that we've all played against has scored two goals for St Michael's. Paul Derbyshire, absolute quality player in the in the Warrington League. And it looks like he's just stepped up into the Cheshire League and carrying on scoring goals. Absolute top player. Like, uh, he's still going to be honest with you. He's uh, I used to work with him years ago. Fair play to him stepping up chess league and still doing it. He's always been a good player, though. He's always, yeah, he has. he's always been a good set. He's always been a big name for for uh, for St. Mike's as well. He's always been one of their sort of main men. But yeah, he's a top player and he's just steps up. Um, next week, there's a local derby in the league, too, and that is the local derby between Moore and Lim Rovers up at the Grange. It's the game I'm planning to be at next week. So, if you want to come and say hello. Give me some abuse. More than welcome. Give me some money. Anything. Anything. You know, oh, more than welcome. Um, I'll come and give you some I abuse. Because uh, since I went to the last Seymour, they had a bit of a slump, didn't they? So hopefully you can break the curse. Yeah, hopefully. But hopefully, hopefully it's a good game for both sides. Um, both teams need a win, really. They're both sort of plodding along through the, through the summer. So it's a bit disappointing. Um, so that's the Cheshire League roundup. And next up, we'll start little bit about Warrington Town and Warrington Islands.
Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. We're now going to talk about Warrington Island's trip to Gainsborough. Disappointing result again, Rick? Yeah, it was. It was a disappointing result. I think the game was almost decided in the first 10 minutes, as it was against Gainsborough in the first game of the season. First game of the season, Rylands were one down after 11 seconds. And yesterday, we held out a little bit longer. It was about two and a half minutes when Gainsborough took the lead and then doubled the lead inside of 10 minutes. And you're right up against it then. And we were saying before we came on that once Gainsborough get their noses in front, they're a very, very good team. They're, they're very hard to break down. And they've got Clayton Donaldson, who's who's now the top scorer in the league, obviously, after Regan Linney and Cal Dolan leaving to go to go to higher leagues. And you can just see he's a class above. And he, he's the perfect kind of centre-forward to have in this league. He's big, strong, can take the ball on himself, but he's, he's really good at bringing other players in and... The amount of times the ball just gets lofted up and he'll make things happen and he'll bring the ball down and bring other players in. And that's that's basically where the two goals came from. Those two individual mistakes in the first 10 minutes for, for Rylands and they both got punished. And then you're right up against it then against a very good team. Yeah, I think that's, um, Sorry, that's, mate. That's, that's kind of a mirror of what happened in the first game where it was, like I say, 11 seconds Rylands were behind in the, in the first game. The start of the season and the Rylands kicked off in that game and yeah. uh, made a mistake and ended up getting in. And you know, looking at the two goals on the on the highlights from um from Saturday's game, like you say it was it was errors. You know, there was the second goal, it was a it was a poor pass. Um and uh, you know the first goal, there's no way that he should be able to get in and score like that. So, but at the end of the day, Mistakes do happen, and um, it's all about what you do after those mistakes and how you recover from it. Um, listening to what Cleggie said in his uh, presser after the game, he was very impressed and proud with how the lads played for the remaining 82 minutes. So they did step it up, but obviously there's still that lack of goals, which since Kane Drummond and Cal Dolan have left, it's been a struggle for Rylands getting those goals, and... You know, when you're struggling for goals, the last thing you want to do is go two behind after 10 minutes. Yeah, it, as you're saying, even losing Kelly and Mayu got recalled by Salford. The I think the highest goal scorer Rylands have now got that's actually still playing has got two goals this season. So that, that kind of tells the whole story. Um, Rylands got reduced to 10 men. Ben Hockenhall got sent off. So for about 40 minutes, Rylands played with, with 10 men. And... We actually played well. Second half, we we created a couple of openings, but we just either the final pass just wasn't right, or not taking a shot when you should, or taking the shot when you should pass. It's just not clicking at the minute. So I think it wouldn't surprise me if one, maybe two players come in, and we'll draft a couple of the youth team players in for our next game on Saturday at home to Geisley. Yeah, well, I think. Um... With only having eleven fit players, you know, Cleggie mentioned that his bench was all injured. Um, so having eleven fit players, it's it's tough as it is. Um, never mind um, when you're looking at a completely new system. You know, it's the 
third different type of system that Rowlands have had to play with the manager changes. Um, we still had still had to get used to how, the way Clay plays, so a bit of uh, sloppiness is probably while the lads are getting used to the way Clay wants them to play. And um, the fact that they are getting good performances for stints in games shows that it's working. You know what this is getting there, but um, these things take time, and that's why I change a manager during the season. It's difficult because you have to kind of learn on the fly, really, because you only get two sessions with the lads each week, and then you're into a game. So uh, midweek games obviously reduce the amount of training you can do, and um, yeah, eleven fit players. You know, you basically just try to fit people into that squad, get them to play wherever they can. Um, I saw a um interview that Cleggy did as well during the week, where he mentioned he is going to start to uh, to use some of the some of the younger players. Yeah, uh, so it's it's good to see that because he, I think we mentioned it before, he did that at Coles when he was there for five five years. Was it? He was at Coles. And, yeah, yeah, um, he was at Coles for five years. Couple of promotions with them, drafted in quite a few local lads. And, yeah. And, and that, I think that's really going to be what's the driving force behind, um, you know, Ryland stepping up to be compet- be consistently competitive in this league, and um, then end goal of getting at least one more promotion over the next uh, next few years is what Ryland's goal will be. So using some of the players that are coming through, some talented players in the in the academy, um. The younger teams are 15s, 16s, and 21s are some quality players there. And these guys are playing at their level, winning leagues, winning cups, getting good um good experiences there. So as they step into the first team, if they're um if they're managed correctly, then they're gonna really do well. Yeah, they will. With um that's that's kind of what the whole kind of future's looking for for Rylands, which the aim is that we're going to become self-sufficient. And and when we spoke to Mark Pye a couple of weeks ago, that's that's his vision for how the club's going to be. We we want to produce our own players. We don't want to be having to, to go out into the market and recruit players and bring players in from elsewhere. We want to produce the players ourselves and then move them on to higher levels. So... That's that's kind of the aim. So don't be surprised to see a couple of the younger lads on the bench and even making appearances between now and the end of the season for the Blues. Yeah, it's going to be a good experience for them and a good advocate for, um, for local footballers who want to get into um, paid football at the end of the day at a good level. You know, there's it just shows that the chances there with with local teams to get through. But um, but that uh, that defeat sees Ryland's drop to thirteenth now. Um, I think you know, fourteen points off the playoffs. That's that's that it's never going to happen now. I think uh, it's safe to say. Um, they are nine points above relegation. Do you think Rylands are going to be worried about that, Rick? Um, I don't think we're worried about it, but obviously, you we want to get a couple of wins before the end of the season. Not only just to absolutely cement our place in the division, which. I think we're we're fairly safe anyway, but just just to give everyone a lift and show that that what Cleggy and Hunty are doing is is making that effect, and it just lifts everyone around the club when you when you've got a couple of wins, and you know what it's like. We'll get one win, and then two and three wins will follow that. We have been kind of a a run team this season. We'll 
we'll go on a, a run of wins and then a, a run of defeats and then another run of wins. So we're we're kind of in a, a tough moment at the minute, but there's there's plenty of signs there that it's it's improving. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um so it's gonna be an interesting end to the season. Hopefully we see some of the younger lads come through. Um so I think uh move on to town, Jacko. Obviously no game. So what happens around town uh, in the league this week? Yeah, so no game for town this week. They have dropped to fourth following Radcliffe's result. Um well, the big news for town is is uh, Mark Beasley signing a new two year contract. Uh, I think personally a great decision, PJ. What's your thoughts? Uh, I do too. I think it's a it's a great a, a great signing if you can if you call it a signing. And um, I think he's done. I was a bit worried when it was uh, when Cardin left. I didn't know if Beasley could step up, but he's proved well proved me wrong. Um, but I think he's done a great job. Yeah, as he's, he's, it could have all gone wrong with Paul Cardin leaving. Paul did such a good job at town. Um, and he's, you know, he was following a, it could have been a bit like after the Lord Mayor's show with a, with a, with a, um, the new manager coming in. But he might settle it down. He's managed to keep the squad together. And I, I think at times he played better football than they ever did under Cardin. Yeah, I think they, 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 they tried, did they? Can't even speak. You do try and play some good football, which is which is nice when you go to watch. I know they've had a few games where they've been absolutely awful to watch, but nine times out of ten, it's a game that you've enjoyed going going to. Um, like the Geisley one, that that you forget about that one and whatever happened in that game. A bit with the Stafford one as well, but they, when they played last week against ten men against Bamber, they were absolutely amazing. And I think that's just that's what he brings. That's what he that's what he brings to to his, to the players and some of the signings he's brought in as well. You know, Whitey, he's been my player of the year, and Hannigan as well. Yeah. One of them two be my player of the year. He has he has made some really good signings. I mean, realistically, I mean, you look at some of the games he's had. You know, we got into the playoffs last year, finishing fifth, then going to South Shields and winning. You know, not many teams go up there and win. Um, the Scarborough game, I think the occasion got to town a little bit. You know, Duggan got sent off. The second goal went in when town were down to nine men. You know, it, they weren't far away last year. And I think this year, again, they've just built again. Yeah, it's like they've just started afresh. Forgot about last season. Started afresh. Uh, they have drawn a lot of games. Because I think if they won those games, I think they would have been higher, well, higher up. I know the third or fourth. But I reckon if they were winning them games, probably challenging. You reckon, or do you reckon it would have been a bit too, bit too much for them? Well, they, they competed against a team like South Shields, who are full time. I mean, getting anywhere near South Shields for any of the teams this league this year is going to be an achievement, I think. Um, but you know, if you said offered me playoffs at the start of the season, I thought it was going to be a really tough league. And I thought Sam might have struggled this year, um, but you know, they've had a really good season, solid season. Just need to. Get through the net, they've got a really tough running. I mean, the running is probably one of the worst in the league. I mean, they've got to play Radcliffe, Gainsborough, Marine, South Hyde. Shields, Hyde. You know, they've got to play, they've got to play all these teams. Morpeth. Gainsborough. Gainsborough. They've literally got everyone, haven't they, in got, the in the top seven or eight. Yeah, but if they if they pick up three or four wins, that'll be it. They'll be in the playoffs, I think. You know, that's 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 the one good thing about playing teams around you, is if you beat them, not only do you get the three points yourself, but you also take points off them as well. So 
the confidence a- that'll give them as well if they beat all the teams around them, then they won't care who they face in the playoffs. Because I still I still believe if town get in the playoffs, town go up. I even if town finish fifth, I think they're, they're one of them teams that are really hard to beat in the in a, in a playoff final or a playoff semi-final, all you need to be is hard uh, to beat and not get rolled over and just stay in the game, even if you're not playing well. And that's... I think they're impossible to beat, not hard to beat. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's 15 or 16 unbeaten now. Yes, there's been a lot of draws in that, but there's been some think games... If they get a, think if they get a home tie for this playoffs, especially if they get the final at home, well, it, that depends where they finish in the league. Pay if they if they finish fifth, regardless, they're going to have a home an away game in both of them. Then they need to be yeah. aiming for that second or third place finish. Yeah, and that's yeah, where the, that's where the scramble. That's what the sorry, Pete, that's where the scramble is going to be. It's going to be between that top. Well, I think it's about seven teams who think they could probably get in the playoffs still. Um, when you look at it, you've got probably Geisley upwards, really. Um, I was going to say Geisley. Geisley have turned their form around, haven't they? Yeah, they've really good signings. Preseason. The only thing with Geisley is they played a game more than everyone else. But yeah, my my preseason uh, pick was Geisley, and I uh, I'm still clinging on to that. I reckon they'll uh, I reckon they'll make the playoffs, and I think they'll be a tough team to beat. I don't know. They're, they're seven points behind Geisley, and they've played a game more. So I think anyone from Marino, I think. There's there's six teams possibly going to get into it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like you said, old town have got to play all these teams, all all of them. So if you look at it, the sort of south, they've got to play South Shields away, Hyde at home, Radcliffe away. Uh, they played Bamber the other week. Gainsborough away. Gainsborough away. Marine away. Um, so it is a tough running, but and they've got to go. And now we go to Morpeth on a Tuesday night, which, as Rick knows, is a long way on a Tuesday night. And it's a long way. It's always difficult on a Tuesday night going up to the northeast, so it is a tough running. But if they get through that running, they'll be over the moon. Um, so that's the Warrington Sound chat. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Warrington Saturday League. Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. We're now going to talk about the Warrington Saturday League. We're going to run through the results really quickly. Um, in terms of the Saturday League Prem Division, Croft got their second win of the season with a 3-1 win over Hale Bank. There's a player here who I don't think is actually a player for Croft, and if it is, it is, I apologise. So Elliot Austin and Tom Fernan with a goal, but also a lad called Charlie Mycock. He scored for, uh, for Croft, so well done to him. And that takes Croft off the foot of the table. Stiff opposition there, Jacko. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. I've got a feeling like this is the time of year when Jack Frost suddenly appears and you know other players like that. So good luck to him. The other result in the Prem, Sidak three, Holtenborough two. Sidak returns to the top of the league. Um, despite being reduced to 10 men, uh, Jack Eastman getting sent off. He's, he got sent off after scoring the goal. Um, and then Lewis Blackmore and Dan Dylan Westhead with the other two goals. Um, into division one. We've got Blackbrook 3, Millbrow 4, Wilson Rovers 3, New Street Youth and Development 2. Uh, first win for Wilson Rovers Reserves that this season. Into Division 2, Bottom Club Bruce, Athletic Reserves 1, St. Mike's 2, Croft 1, Rainhill Town Youth and Development 5. 
Crossfields one, Orford five. Um, into Division three, Bold four, Crossfields reserves eight. That was Crossfields' first win of the season. Uh, Holton Borough reserves two, Windle four, Redgate four, Heighton Rovers one, Craig Ledbetter with three goals for uh, Redgate. The Village, Youthville at nil, Orford one, Orford go three points clear at the top. Um, in terms of the Cups, there was a lot of Cup action this week. Depot Cup, Brookvale one, Burtonwood two. Um, and then into the Jubilee Cup. Now, something happened in the Jubilee League Cup I've not seen happen before in a Cup tie. It was the Sankey Vale derby between Sankey Vale first and Sankey Vale reserves. Um, and it finished Sankey Vale reserves two. Anyone want to guess what the first team scored? One. No. Three. Seven. Three. So, Sankey Vale go through to the semi-final. They will face pay points, who won by three goals to one. Um, Liam Lester, Mike Carwin and Aaron Ilford with the goals. Um, the other semi-final will be between New Street and The Village after New Street beat Raynell Town 5-2 and Farnworth beat The Village, sorry, lost to The Village 3-0. So that's, that's the about eight. Sorry, Jacko, that's about eight or nine goals for Aaron Ilford now in the last few games, isn't it? Yeah, he's doing well. Him and Carwin are both doing really well. Mm. Really, really well. Uh, we'll move into the Warrington Sunday League now. Um, now, unfortunately, once again, the Sunday League haven't updated the scores, which is disappointing. Um, I'll double check now just before we, we write them off completely. Um, but we have got a couple of results. The two results that I've got, and if anyone's got any other results, just pipe up, is Sankey, FC Sankey 6, Britmakers 0. Um, Miles scored 5. I don't know who Miles is. He's not on the team, so I can't find him anywhere. But he scored 5 goals. Um, and Lewis McCavitt, um, obviously couldn't play for Green uh, for Eagle against Greenalls yesterday because he was suspended, but he scored for FC Sankey today. Um, the other game that was in, involved PJ, and earlier PJ played against a lad called Josh Fulkit Rudge. He also plays for King's Ed. I am with the one and only Josh Rudge. Also goes by Full Kit. Welcome, Josh. Cheers, guys. How are we? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. How are your legs after today? Uh, didn't have much to do, did I? So quite oh, that's calm, a... quite relaxed. Hey, I, I saw the game as a different game. <laughs> uh, for everyone who doesn't know, I played against Josh Rudge today. And uh, they've come on, was it 5-1? It was 4-1. 4-1. There you go. I'll give you an extra goal. But... Yeah. I don't think it was a 4-1 game, but we'll come on to that later on. <laughs> uh, so t- tell me, Josh, how did you uh, start at the King's Head? Uh, King's Head started off with a Friday team that me and Matt Bowden used to run. I don't know if you've ever heard of Warrington 11s, but they do like a um, a little miniature league, 60-minute games. And then um, we were struggling to get a team, but we found out more people wanted to play on a Sunday. So Matt Bowden originally started Hawthorne. Don't know if they played in um, the Sunday League a few seasons ago. Yeah, I remember. I remember uh, playing them a few times. Yeah, and then um, the King's Head offered to sponsor us for the um, foreseeable, so we decided to call ourselves King's Head. And yeah, Matt Bowden's done a uh, an okay job. I think we're sitting twelfth. Think we could be doing better, but um, no, get pressure off Matt Bowden. Think we're doing all right. Yeah, I was going to say the league's all joined into one, so you've got the teams at the top of the league 
who just yeah, battered the teams, battered the teams below. Uh, and as a Wolfpack player, that happens every happens pretty much every week. No. Uh, but I think I think the league for me, I think the league should split into two and have yeah. two smaller smaller leagues and play three or four times, play team three or four times. Because uh, I don't think you want to turn up on a Sunday knowing you're going to get beat. Uh, but yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Um, well, we went to that meeting, me and Matt Bowden, when um, the league decided to go to... Uh, the league originally wanted to do two leagues, but it was the rest of the teams. I think it was Bar, Wolfpack and somebody else. Everybody else wanted to do uh, one league just to get more games. And um, I did play for a team last season for Domino's. And I think I ended up playing um, Charlie like three or four times in a row and it just got a bit... Uh, what's the word I want to say? It just kept... Yeah, playing the same team over and over again, I think for three or four weeks. It's just a bit boring. Yeah, where I kind of like having that game. Like, we've got a really good team, so, like, I, if we have the players that we do, we can give anyone a game. But, yeah, it's just... Uh, I know the past few games have been poor because we've had the bare 11. So, like, playing against Sankey and Clockface with 11 is difficult as it is. But, no, I've, like I said, when it's gone to one league, I've, I've really enjoyed it, mate. So, what, so, what's your role at Kingshead now, then? Uh, is it just like, player or you you do the bit of the back room? A uh, bit of both. It's I'm a player and uh, have you ever watched The Office? It's like, you know, Dwight to Michael Scott, assistant to the regional manager. I'm like Matt Bowden's assistant to the manager. Not the assistant manager. Just help out as can. Do you like do you not... in charge? <laughs> no, not yet. He, every time I put my idea forward, he just shuts me down straight away. <laughs> do you not sort all the kits out? Because you've no, got no, it out, aren't you? Um, sure. <laughs> they don't trust me. You've got to have a, you must have had a you must have had a, an input on the kit design. Nah, I didn't. Matt Bowden there uh, took that all away. I think no, we didn't. We had somebody design it for us. I can't remember his name. I think it was Mark Smith designed the kit, and designed the badge. Oh, nice. So we had a, uh, and he, I think he did design it at Uni Austin. I can't remember. It's all right if you got if you know if you know people who can do it for you. Exactly, and I I know a lot of people. So how, how do you think your season's gone then so far with the Sunday league? Um, I think league-wise, we could be doing a lot better, but we have quite a lot of games to play. I think uh, we're six or seven games behind most of the, most of the teams. Like I think St. Benedict's has played 18, and that was our 13th league game today. But I think that's just because we've done pretty well in the Cups. I think for a club that's had their first season in the Sunday league to get to a quarter-final, which we got beat by Blackie Arms, and then to play a semi-final next week against Red Admiral. I think that's good. And I think as well, like if we can probably get top six, I'd say that's a really, really good season, especially for a team in its first year. I was going to say, playing, playing again, playing against you today, you had some good players. You had your centre-mid, uh, I don't know the names, but the two lads in your centre-mid absolutely dominated. I know one of them played for Greenalls last year. I don't know if he still yeah. does. Um, I don't think he does. I think that's Josh. Yeah, I think he just he just ran the ran the show in that in that game. Uh, your centre backs were good as well. Sure. I know you put. <laughs> I know you played centre back today. Uh, but do we, do you think you need more numbers for your Sunday team? Um, I don't know because it's a bit of an odd one because I think since the start of the year we've had three games where we've had the bare eleven. Um. I think it's just one of them where it was just at an awkward time. Um, we had a week where like loads of people went on holiday 
So I don't think we need any more numbers. I think the numbers we've got is good. And like I said, once we have our full strength team down, we can give anyone a game. That's what it is. I think you 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 guys seem to be in a better position than what I've what I've seen today at Wolfpack. You know, it's been my first game back for probably over a year. Uh, I lasted sixty minutes. If people are wondering, I did floor Rudgy though first corner. <laughs> did you? Yeah, you marked me, and you ended up on the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did, man. <laughs> I, I heard it was fifty-eight minutes and thirty seconds, please. I, I asked. I, I did. I moved myself to left back so I could ask uh, Kyle could he sub me because <laughs> I was chasing uh, Glenn for the second half and he's he's just too fast. Yeah, he's quality Glenn. But quite, he just so, runs. That's yeah, it, no, no. That, he does. He just runs and runs and he, he doesn't stop. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. Um, but what's so that's your name for this season? What's your? Is, I know. It was, I know you still got a lot of games to catch up on. So what's mm. what's the aim for next season? I know we're a bit early. Oh, we definitely are. I think it's just to do more. It's just to be more of a club in terms of like getting, doing training now. We've only just started doing training on a Wednesdays, but you look at some of those good teams like Sankey, Clockface, they're all warmed up. They're all ready by like half 10 in terms of they've all done the warm up. They're just getting ready for the game where I think that's what we've struggled this season. We're just not organised yet. And I think... Um, we're starting training now, and yeah, I think it's just yeah, like I said, be more organised for next season. This season's just been like a learning curve in terms of getting the right people in, and um, yeah, finding out you know what times to be there, what one wants to do, all that jazz. Yeah, have you got have you got many lads who play on the Saturday as well? I think we've got a few. Yeah, I think half the team. I think um, some play for what's it called? Did beat Eagle yesterday. The Greenalls. Greenalls, yeah. Yeah, we've got a few play for them. Is it green or um, green or reserves? I think so. I think that's who that Josh used to play for the centre mid. Yeah, because you want to say he scored a free kick against uh, Bruce. That's why yeah. I remembered him. Oh. I didn't play. I didn't play in that game. I just I was watching. <laughs> but I think uh, Tim, you got anything else to ask? Yeah. What, what's um, Josh Cullen like on the pitch? Because I used to work with Josh recently. And he used to tell me he was absolutely awesome. I said I'd be <laughs> Josh Cullen is a dangerous player in terms of for our team and for theirs sometimes. He can... Uh, he's been all right. He's not been down for the past few couple of months. Um, Has he not? not him. No. I turned 21 uh, this weekend. I know that much. Keeps balling it. He had, a, uh, he had a good excuse last week. I think he said he had a GP appointment at half 12 on a Sunday. I was like, come on. <laughs> Jesus, that's like that's like you telling us you turn up in a Chelsea kit and then turn up in a United kit at training, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, <you> Bruce days. <laughs> that never happened. More of whatever. It's more of whatever AliExpress shouts AliExpress, whatever they offer. Good. Did you does your team know why you get called full kit? Yeah, I've told them the reason. <laughs> I wasn't happy about. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> um, we can't go. Shall we share the story, Roger? Do you want to I think leave it was it? just. I was the, the whole story is I was at McDonald's earning a part-time wage. I was really into football kits. Seeing AliExpress. AliExpress is a very knockoff cheap website, and I just kept buying kits from AliExpress for like fifteen quid. Yeah, that's oh, not the yeah. reason why we call you it, though. Is it not? I thought that was what it was. 
No, it's because you turned like your first change because oh, right, yeah, you turned up in a full kit. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I weren't having, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Mum should have said something before as, as she was sending me out at 16 <laughs> into a real man's game. It was. We, we should have, I think Chris, I think Jacko should have uh, took you under his wing and said, don't turn up in a full kit next week. Yeah, I needed that. I was just getting, was getting abuse from men who were like 10 years older than me. <laughs> and at a time when you're a 16 year old skinny kid, it's a scary world. How old are you now, Rudge? 26. Oh, 10 years. I know. Scary that. Jacko feels uh, really old now. He doesn't look it. He's aged well. <laughs> Tim, you've aged beautifully as well. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that, Rudge. Hopefully yeah, we'll get you on me. again at the end of the season or we'll get uh, more of you off the King's Head. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. That was Josh Full Kit Rudge. It'll always be called Josh Full Kit Rudge in my eyes. Um, four undefeat, Pete. Did you deserve that? Um, I'm going to say no, and it's weird saying no because, as everyone knows, Wolfpack aren't a great team. Uh, but today we played. We played. We outplayed them in the first half. We were one nil up for a good while, and we should have been two nil up. Um, and then they scored from us attacking. Um, but they ch- they changed their... They didn't change the formation, they just changed where the personnel was. And then they moved um, Glenn up front. And because he's so quick in the back three, wasn't very mobile, and I was one of the back three, it was just, it was just constantly ball through, he'll get on it, and he'll just run and run and run. Yeah, he's a machine. He, he's always been around all over the place. He's, I think he was at Wollstone last time I saw him play. He's 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 quick. He constantly yeah. he's always in, he always wants to go in behind. Sometimes his control lets him down, but if he gets he, without without him to think, he's a, yeah. He's a, well, I was going to say, I think he scored. I think he got three today. Um, so and all all the goals were similar all through. Um, but Wolfpack, Wolfpack were missing a few players today. And I, I know Mike, Mike Jones was one. He's, he's an engine room in that midfield. And uh, Daz, who plays up front for a bit of speed. Uh, I think if we had them two, it might have been a bit of a closer game. There was a couple of new lads for Wolfpack. And uh, the lad up front, I can't remember what his name is. I've only met him today. But he had about three chances and missed them all. But he, he said he hasn't played for years, so he's just a bit rusty. And you could tell. Um, so I think if he, once he gets in the swing of it, I think Kyle Kyle was saying at the side, um, if he can get everyone there at the same week and playing week in week out, Wolfpack aren't going to be as bad as as we know they have been. So, Glenn scored three goals, all exactly the same. Right, we're asked a stupid question now. It might be a stupid question, but why did you not change your defensive line? Uh, we did, but he's, we uh, we did, but he was just too quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, has anyone else got any other Sunday scores? No, but I, I got a report from uh, Joe Hitchmo. Joe Hitchmo ref the Crown versus Bulls head today, 
it was um, a nil-nil score, but he said it was some of the best football he's seen all season from the Sunday League. Um, both teams battling really well, playing nice football across the pitch. It was a absolutely joy to ref. He said, "I think that's quite nice feedback to have it from a ref as well." And he said, "All the lads just played really good football. No, no dirty tackles, but strong challenges, and people were just putting it in and 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 getting the best out of the ninety minutes." I was I was saying this to me mate on a he want he because he's thinking about coming back playing, hmm. and he's worried that he's just going to get snapped and then it'd be. His work, but he won't be able to work. But I said, well, after today, both teams try to play football and try to keep on the floor. And I, I another stand, another stand is not great, but I think it's it's what you want to see. There's some some good tackles going in. Yeah. Um, today when I was playing, I and everyone just the, got. Sorry, Pete. I think the day the clog is gone, where someone just there to kick you. And having yeah. a bit of a punch up, I think, I think that, mm. I, mean, I might be wrong, I might be being naive, but I thought like in the Warrant and Saturday League as well, I thought the day of a, the day of a lad who can't play is is long gone. You know, the, he's there for a bit of a punch up. I think the leagues don't allow it anymore. And I think it's it's much more of a get about a game of football now. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right with that. So you know, we it, it does have a misconception that uh, it's just people turn up there for a fight and just two foot every challenge. Partially because you know that used to be how it was, but also. Yeah, you see these videos going around on social media, just like uh, like collaborations of all these meaty meaty tackles going through. But um, yeah, we've we've mentioned quite a few lads today and in previous weeks who play for you know, Cheshire League sides on a Saturday and then Sunday League on a on a Sunday. So um, you know these you know these, these lads aren't going to turn up for a fight because you know if they get themselves injured, then you know they're um. Other the games with the the Cheshire League teams are going to struggle as well. So um, there's a lot of very good footballers in this league, and they do just want to play football, not not there for a fight. It might be a silly it might be a silly question, but if you get sent off for violent conduct on a Sunday, does that mean you're banned for the Saturday as well? No, I'm guessing not because McEvitt played, didn't he? Yeah, the count the class is different. The, the class is different competitions and different things. But if you do, oh, if, right. if, say, if you get banned for uh, attacking the referee, you get banned for everything. Um, yeah. So it is, it is it is separate in many ways, but they're not at the same time. Um, so that's the Warrington Sunday League roundup. Um, next up, we'll talk about the Warrington Vets League. Timothy, how do we get on? Okay, so Cheshire Bats League, we had. Hey, I've got some, got some scores here, guys. More I'm than very one. Proud of me. Hey, more than one. Oh my word! I've even played in one of these fixtures today, so you know. Um, when you say please, you up. No, play forty-five minutes. Good. Leave me alone. Come on. I had a good. I had got a shot on target today. You'd be very happy to know. But I was going to say that. Is um, it on purpose, Tim? <laughs> Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a back, was a back pass. For it. it wasn't a back pass. <laughs> Leave me alone. Anyway, back to the vet stuff. You cheeky old get you. Black, uh, Wolfson Rovers travelled to Blackbrook, uh, where they came out 3-1 winners, so that's a good result for Wolfson Rovers. Um, Dayton travelled to Libriol Old Boys. I'm not quite sure where they're... Um, 
situated. But uh, Dayton continued their strong run, um, winning 2-1. So the Dayton Vets are still at the top of the league for their division. Um, Stockton Heath invited Old Mancunians over. Um, Stockton Heath were beaten 4-3 by Old Mancunians. Um, Moore travelled to Edgerton, which would have been a good game. Um, our friend Lee has, has come in. Lee Burton has um, sent me a message on Twitter advising that the first 15 minutes they played great and then they just stopped playing. Um, so he gave him a bit of a hard time at, at, at half time. You can imagine that from Lee, can't you, Jacko? Um, but Moore still came out 3 1 winners. So that's like nine unbeaten games for Moore. So that's quite a good, good run for them old guys. Uh, and then game I played in today, we were supposed to play at Wollstone Park. Obviously, with the weather over the last few days, you've got more chance of platting snot than you have of uh, playing on that pitch. What a lovely so, uh, exercise. What a lovely <laughs> <laughs> Apologies so if you're should... having your breakfast. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but we um, we went and played in, in Farmworth, you know, the, the pitches on the on Wilmere Road. Um, played Moorfield Betts, who are currently sat second underneath Bruce. Um, we went 1-0 down in at half-time. Um and then shortly after half time, it was two, we were two 0 down, and then we sort of like got our spirits up with some cracking challenges from Chris Holbrook and the lads in midfield, Mike Dalton. We were trying to play the ball in the air, and and it's a lot of the lads of the old Cronton Villa lads, and they're all like a foot taller than us, so we're winning nothing in the air. Um, we got the ball down on the floor. We started playing well. Um, we finished up three two. It's really good. So. Bruce lads are still unbeaten in the league, which you don't hear very often from a Bruce team. But, you know, it's uh, really good, really good run-ins at the moment. So, yeah, I'm a very happy man. I'm a happy gaffer. Good so, stuff. Yeah. And that's that's the roundup for the vets this week. Good stuff. Well, that's it for the Warrington Football Podcast. Uh, big, oh, 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 we've got the women. We've got the women. We've had, a, we've had an update. Over to Rick Wall with the update. Yeah, cheers, mate. So... Um, it's been a bit of a an up and down week for the Warrington Wolves women, but it's it's definitely ended on a high for them. So at the start of the week, it was announced that manager Lee Wright had left his role, and obviously friend of the show Mike Dore has stepped into that. So obviously we wish him all the very best in the hot seats. So the ladies' reserves was called off today, but the first team got back to winning ways, and um, it's. Pretty stylish win for them as well. 4-0 win over Northwich Vixens. Uh, the goals coming from Ellie Anderson, who scored two, Carla Burton and Chloe Green. So I spoke to Mike about the game before and he said it was a dominant performance from the first minute. Um, best players on the pitch for him were Nick Chatterley and Emily Walton. But it was it a was really good squad performance and... He was really pleased to say that one of the reserve players, Abby Platt, made a first-team debut as well today. Um, but during the game, there was a bit of a concerning incident in that the referee had to leave the field at half, just into the second half, suffering chest pains. And it turned out that the referee was actually having a heart attack. So he's been transferred to hospital. So we and obviously the, the women's team are just sending all of our best wishes to the referee and hoping for a very quick recovery. 
Yeah, it shows how important to have um, medical assistance and, and defibs at grounds. I know it's something we talked off, off air. I'm a big believer in having defibs around football pitches. Um, you know, he wasn't a particularly old ref, I believe, as well. Um, no, um, I was speaking to Helen Dobson as well. She said maybe mid to late 20s. So just shows how, how important it is that you have the right uh, medical equipment there. It was it was always my biggest fear when I was at Bruce that was that you know someone would go down and we have to get the defib and luckily it never happened to me but I, I I hope it never happens to anybody because you know you go and play a game of football you should be able to go home at the end of it uh, if you go to referee a football match you should go at the end of it no matter what it is you know you shouldn't you shouldn't be worried about you know getting home after the after a game of football um, is that it for the women yeah that's it for the women. We'll, we'll we'll mention Lim Rovers. They've they've announced they're going to have a, a ladies team next year as well. So that'll be another team for us to, to support. Um, so they'll be starting up next year. I think training is actually to first the first training session is on Monday. Um, so if you want to fancy going down, follow us on Twitter. Any any budding young ladies who want to play football, there's a new team there for you to go and have a go for. Um, that's it for the Wines of Football podcast this week. No, it's not, not Jacko. We got Don't something else again. One if more got, thing. If we got this, have you not read the what, no. what we're doing? I never read anything. I'm paid. I'm paid. with a good good news story, Jacko. Yeah, we're ending with a very good news story. Well, what's um, that? I think um, I'm going back into retirement. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, most people in who follow football across the UK, never mind Warrington, I've heard the story of um, David Brooks who um, obviously Bournemouth player. And then about 18 months ago, he um, got diagnosed with stage two Hodgkin's lymphoma while he was on uh, international duty with Wales. And it was 525 days after his last appearance, I think he was. Um, he made the Bournemouth squad on the bench for Bournemouth 1-0 win versus Liverpool. Unfortunately, didn't get on the pitch, but to not only recover from from the you know, such a horrible cancer, but to be able to get back into fitness and shape to be able to train at a football club and then be selected for a Premier League match, a big game such as a game against Liverpool, it's an amazing achievement for him. And it's an inspiration enough, you know, coming from Warrington and, you know, he's brought up around the town, been able to live his dream of becoming a Premier League footballer. But um, I think the most inspirational story of his career is the fact that he's managed to beat this horrible disease and then get back to the top of his game. So amazing feat from David Brooks. He's an inspiration to everyone in the town. Absolutely. So, yeah, congratulations to him and we look forward to seeing him on the pitch soon. Me and, me and PJ have got a cracking story about David Brooks. Right, so he's, he used to live around the corner from my mum and dad's house. Right, and um, we were we were always playing on the, on, the, on the field, playing football. And there was this kid kicking the ball about. And he was clearly he played for Man United. You know, when you when you meet some kids and you think, well, oh, Man City. Man, Man City. Man City. Yeah. Yeah. Man City. Well, whichever team it was, he was he clearly played for them. We were like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play for all these teams. Right, yeah, yeah, whatever. It turned out he was actually quite good. So um, I, hope, I hope me and PJ taking the mickey out of him, spurred him on. And, um, but he's a good player, top player. And, um, you know, he's, 
I hope he has a good run in the good, good run of fitness now as well. Because not only has he had, has he had a horrible disease, he's also had a lot of injuries in the last couple of years as well. And it's sort of held him back. And you know, when he was when he first came through at Bournemouth, it looked like he was going to be the you know a, a, a real star. So hopefully he can stay a bit stay fit and become a a top player at Bournemouth. Now are we finished now? You have permission to end the show, Jack. Yeah, yes, I think we've 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 covered everything now. You sure? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Right. Big thank you to Rick Ward, to Ash Platt, to Tim Tate and to PJ. Big thank you to Mike Bates, who's going to have a lot of editing to do tonight. Big thank you to Josh Fulkit Rudge as well for coming on at short notice. This is the Warrington Football Podcast and once again we've shown we're more than just a rugby town. Bosh.